It's the Redirect Podcast. Search industry research, discussion, and analysis from the Black Truck Media and Marketing Headquarters. And now, redirecting you to the Black Truck Team. Welcome to episode 73 of the Redirect Podcast. I'm Jason Dodge, founder and CEO of Black Truck Media and Marketing. Thank you for joining me today. On this special episode, we sit down with Rij Abwali from Women in Tech SEO to learn more about her organization that she helped start, the reason for it, um, and how others can get involved. So stay tuned and listen in to learn more. I really wanted to give our listeners and, and others in the SEO space a really good understanding of an organization and group that you started, which is which is Women in Tech SEO or Women in Technical SEO. And so, but first, give me a little bit of a rundown on, on your background. How did you get um, started in SEO? And specifically, kind of the lead in here is how did you get into technical SEO as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy to. So I'm, I'm currently based in the UK, um, but I was born and raised in Egypt. Um, and I did a degree of computer engineering over there. This was like years and years ago now. And when I wrapped that up, I moved to the UK just to do like a master's degree in business IT. Um, and I kind of stumbled upon the world of digital marketing at that point. I did a bunch of internships um, and my first role straight out was with an agency. And the only reason I even got that role was because they needed someone who was fluent in Arabic to work on a specific campaign. They were an SEO specialized agency. Um, and within the first... I think it was two or three weeks, they shifted me to the tech SEO team right away because they were like, whoa, like you seem really technical and your background is technical and, you know, maybe give this a try and see if it's something you like or not. Um, and I just ended up doing that. And I've mainly specialized in tech SEO for the last eight years or so. Now that I, after I moved from agency side to in-house, I became a little bit more like general SEO, um, putting together strategies for all things, including on-page and off-page and so forth. But I'd say probably my background um, is is heavily technical SEO. What are you What are you appreciating more maybe now where, yes, you, you have the background in, in technical SEO, but now that you're putting together kind of those, those overarching plans and strategies and whether it's, whether it's just on page from a content perspective or, or still some of the technical backend, do you, do you find yourself liking the mix of that a little bit more than just like solely focusing on technical SEO or? Yeah. Interesting question. I, I think I feel in general, like within this industry, like the more senior you become, the more it's easier to kind of feel a little bit rusty with some of the ongoing. It's so important to me to continue feeling hands-on. I think I get a lot of that from being in-house and client side because you can still kind of roll up your sleeve and do a lot of the work where when you're agency side, it might feel a little bit different because the more senior you become, the more it becomes about, you know, client management and account management and things along those lines. Um, I do like the mix. Uh, I, 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 I definitely still prefer the technical side. I don't think there's anything easier than stumbling on a website where they have a whole bunch of technical issues because it's, you know, it, it's all it's all the same problems with similar solutions. But when it's when they've got awesome technical foundation and then it's about, okay, this is what you need to do around content expansion or digital PR or so on. This is probably like where more of the creativity begins. And it's very, very different. And it's tailored very differently from one website to the other at that point. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're spot on, especially with the point of, and I even find myself in this position too, where yes, you're, you end up 
feeling like maybe you're managing and leading uh, teams that were to your point, client, client relations or brand relations. Uh, but at the same standpoint, I, I think that any good SEO or digital marketer for that matter will tell you still having your hand in involved in a few projects here and there is, is really, really helpful. Um, there's, there's no better way to learn than just, I think, kind of diving in and, and, and digging in and learning as, you know, alongside your peers. So you're now, you said you're now in-house, where are you at now? Yeah, so I've um, I've recently changed roles a few months ago. Um, I work with Papier. I'm their head of SEO. I'm pretty sure they've got. Um, I've spoken to a few folks in the US who love their stationery and notebooks. So they've only they've been in the UK for about five years, and they recently expanded to the US around two years ago. Um, and they sell lots of beautiful stationery. But it's nice to be part of e-commerce because prior to that, I was working with Zupla, who are more like of a property aggregator. They're like the UK version of Zillow. Um, mm, and mm-hmm. that's so different. Like aggregator websites and e-commerce can be very, very different from one another. Um, I worked with e-commerce when I was agency side, but it's quite nice to kind of get to see that on a client side basis now. Yeah, absolutely. You get to see it. the challenge. The challenges are different, right? I mean, there's all every every site, every brand has different challenges, but um, seeing, I think, especially from that e-commerce side where you're seeing the, the value uh, come in from the different channels, uh, yep. different categories and, and things of that nature is, is good. So awesome. So let's talk about women in tech SEO. I really want to know, you know, let's kind of give everyone a little bit of that 30,000 foot view, what, what it is. And then, and then let's really talk about why, why the organization exists. And, um, I really want to, uh, I want to be able to share that. Yeah, no, happy to, uh, We've been around for a little bit over two years now. So May was actually our second year anniversary. There's a little bit over 4,000 of us now, which is insane. Wow. Um, 4,000? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think in the last year, like we were just chatting about this before we started recording, like with lockdown and so forth, it definitely grew a lot. Um, You know, even with the fact with everything happening around the world and people just really needing to connect with one another, um, it was, yeah, it definitely expanded tons and we've got people from like all around the world join at around that point. Um, But yeah, in essence, like it was built to be to serve as a as a safe place and community for women within the technical SEO industry. It doesn't matter if they're super advanced or they're literally just learning what tech SEO is. Um, everyone is more than welcome to join. We have a Facebook and a Slack group. And then aside from that, we've done like tons of initiatives. So we've got like a monthly newsletter, fortnightly workshops. We have a weekly podcast. Um, I, I tend to forget the number of different bits and pieces that we're, we're doing on the site. But yeah, it's a thriving community and I love working on it. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations on two years, not to mention 4,000 plus uh, individuals involved in it. I think that's pretty, pretty impressive. Um, I'm, I'm often curious, you know, and this is kind of a combination of two things. So it might be a, it's like a double, maybe a double-ended, uh, question for you is like, what, what do the needs reside in, I think, technical SEO or in SEO in general, but, but then more let's, let's kind of rip the bandaid off and talk about for women specifically and, and kind of that it's that opportunity for you and I to discuss the, the gender gaps and things like that. Right. So, so here I am male going to get, we're going to get uncomfortable and we're going to talk about these things and uh, I'm going to totally, I'm going to sit here and listen. So. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people tend to ask me, 
why I started the community. And it was, it was very selfish reasons. Like a little bit over two years ago, I was feeling very demotivated. I didn't know if I want to continue being an SEO. It was always a little bit of a struggle to ask questions like publicly on Twitter, for example. Um, there was this worry of, oh, am I going to get judged? Um, is the response going to be, oh, how can you not know this? You've been in the industry all of these years. And I was constantly told about these um, different groups that are um, you know, exclusive. Oh, you can be part of this group if you've spoken in these conferences, or you can be part of this group if you've, you know, been in the industry this long. And so I was like, no, you know what? Like, I need to feel like I have my community and I need to feel like there's a safe place where there's no judgment. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Anyone can ask anyone anything. And so I just, I started the Facebook group initially and I just put a tweet out and I was like, oh, women in tech SEO rejoice. We now have a safe community that we can join. And Within the first day, I got a little bit over 100 women join us, which is crazy. But I mean, it was very common for me to go to conferences and specifically in the technical SEO track, it was very, very, very male dominated, like white male dominated. Mm -hmm. And I was always thinking like, I don't feel represented. If I don't see myself on stage, then I'm probably never gonna feel comfortable being on stage myself. Um, so that was, that was quite common. But I mean, if you look at us now, like two years down the line, the fact that there's a little bit over 4,000 of us just shows there are a lot of women in technical SEO. There isn't a gap in the skill set. Um, it's just that we're we're not represented enough. Do you is there? Um, and I appreciate you sharing that in in the background and kind of how you how you got to that point too. I think that's really that's really important. I I would say too that that there's definitely. Uh, you know, there's an, there's an issue. And I think it's a stigma in online anyways, Twitter definitely is going to do this, right? I mean, we're all going to have FOMO when you're at a conference and you're live tweeting and I'm not there. And I'm like, oh God, I totally should have bought the ticket. I should have gone. Right. I mean, there's, yeah. there's that, right. Which the show promoter is going to love because then next year you're going to go. But, but I think to your, to your point, this, the, the concepts of um, uh, people being judgmental, um, exclusive, especially when it comes to speaking and things of that nature, that's a real deal. Um, and I think that goes, uh, it, it goes without saying that it it's both sides, right? It's, it's male and female. Um, yep. however, it, as a white male, it's a lot easier for me to step into that role and, and say, Oh no, I've, I've spoken at these, I've spoken at these conferences. Yeah. It's, it's a lot easier for me to be a shoe in probably for that than, than definitely, a um, you know, a female in that role, unfortunately. So, so highlighting that I think is very important and you've done a good job of, um, with the mentorship and the different tracks and things like that of saying, no, I'm, I'm going to go and, and kind of pick out, uh, you know, a lot of different women in our space, in our community that, that they, they, they have spoken on stage or they haven't. And we're going to highlight them as, as, you know, that mentor mentee type, Type yep. role. I think that's really, really important. Um, talk about some of the tracks that that you have, and and if I'm not calling them by the by the proper thing, but uh, some of the tracks and some of the uh, some of these collaborative events and things that you have set up, like what what are some of the focus areas that you're that you're looking at on each one of them? Yeah, so we set up a few things at our one year anniversary. We set up the speaker hub, which I'm super proud of. We've got a little bit over 350 women on that. And the main purpose behind that was to tell event organizers that you no longer have an excuse. You can easily diversify your speaker lineup because here you go, there's over 350 women who would happily speak in your conference. 
And so what we did with that is super simple. Whether you're someone who's spoken before or someone who wants to be on stage, you fill out a speaker card and you basically get a speaker card on the website. So it's womenintechseo.com forward slash speakers. Um, and it's always getting updated like on a, on a weekly basis. We have new people adding their speaker card from all around the world. And this isn't just technical SEO focus, but we split it into tech SEO, content, digital PR, uh, PPC, um, analytics. So we've got an, a number of different tracks in there. And I know a lot of event organizers who have made the most um, and use that speaker hub um, to kind of ensure that they are diversifying their, their speaker lineup. And then we, we kicked off the mentorship program initially last year. So we currently have a second cohort happening. And in the first cohort, we, we matched up. It was a little bit over 200 mentors and mentees. That one was very, very SEO focused. Um, but then the second cohort, which we're doing right now, is more around leadership and strategy and speaking and more like the softer progression type of skills. Um, this time around, we've matched 100 mentors with mentees. And yeah, it's going really well. But I think it just kind of shows the need for that. Um, I personally not have many mentors in, in my life. And I think it definitely makes a difference when you do have one. Uh, but also like a huge thanks to all the mentors who actually put themselves forward um, because it's a lot of time and energy to be to be doing that. Uh, but it's going to help, you know, mentees to become aspiring mentors the next time around. Yeah, I think I think that's really good. I think that's correct. You know, when you're when you're trying to teach teach others and, and lead others and, and mentor others, it is it takes it takes a lot of time and effort than just saying, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to jump in and do the work myself. And we all fall into that trap uh, from time to time. And I think having something that's more structured uh, that, that you've developed like that is, is really good because much like going to a conference, it forces people to hopefully kind of be disconnected and, and just really engage in whatever the content is at the time. So if that is a, if that is a webinar, uh, you know, that, that you make sure for that hour or two hours or whatever it is, yeah. you've really, really focused on it. Um, and I think that's the same thing for going to an in-person conference. I know that's one thing that I really miss about in-person yeah. conferences is that's that I always force myself to say, no, I don't, unless I'm participating in the online conversation, like yeah. I'm, I'm not focused on work. I'm, I'm focused on growth and development and, and finding to your point, the right mentor mentee relationship, I think is, is, is huge. Um, talk to me a little bit more about that leadership, the leadership side of it, that, that cohort that you're, that you're working on now. Can you, can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah, I think with mentorship programs, it can be a little trickier. So with the first cohort, some of the feedback that came out of it is some of the mentors felt it was more of, um, it was more of like a teaching type of experience. And I think that's not, I don't feel that's making the most out of our mentors because there are tons of ways that you can learn SEO. Like there are tons of resources and tons of publication and you know how you can really make the most out of having that mentorship opportunity is to actually learn more about their experience, um, learn more about you know how to lead a team, how to line manage a team, how to build an SEO team, how to set strategy, how to present to you know leadership teams. It's, it's that type of stuff. And so I really wanted the second cohort to more focus on that um, because mentors would feel more comfortable as well going, sharing some of these stories and sharing some of these experiences as opposed to it feeling like, a, you know, like a lesson on SEO or something along those lines. So the feedback has been really, really, really good. And, uh, and even though we had, we only wanted to match a hundred because we wanted to kind of focus and make sure that we're giving them all the training and guidance that's needed. Um, 
we had a little bit over 400 applications come through for mentees within one day, which is insane. Um, I know. And the really interesting thing with it, and I think this constantly happens, is that I had a lot of brilliant women reach out to me and say, I'd love to be a mentor, but I don't know if I have enough to give. And I was like, that's insane. And, you know, these are women who've been in the industry a little bit over 10 years or some of the smartest women I know. And it like it had to take a lot of encouragement. I feel like in general, it's so easy to sign up to be a mentee, but it's very difficult to sign up to be a mentor because in your head you think, oh, do I do I have enough to offer? And usually what's really, really tricky with planning these cohorts is actually convincing a whole bunch of women that they would be brilliant mentors and for them to put their name forward. So, yeah. Well, and I think that's, that's, what's really important too, is that when, when you do grow that, so first the, I mean, really, really good point. It stood out on me. I'm looking at my, my notes that I'm taking here is the, the idea of teaching versus mentorship is like, is, is, is huge. Um, because yeah, you can easily teach and, and give a, a lesson, if you will, but the, the, the true mentorship role where you're kind of lockstep with someone for a, a period of time, how, what's, what is that? What's that period of time like? So we've got a three month cohort at the moment and the requirement is a minimum of two hours a month. So some people chat on a weekly basis between half an hour to an hour. Some, some people, um, chat twice a month, but like longer sessions, um, mm-hmm. So yeah, but it's it's a three month cohort, um, yeah. and we had we had an onboarding stage initially and some training, and then things we, we put we, we want to keep it a little bit flexible. So we have a general idea on you know, on a monthly basis. This is what you want to achieve, but it's flexible in terms of how how you host the sessions and so forth. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, what what would you say? So as as employers get involved. So you definitely, I know you have the, the area on the site talking about speakers. Is there, is there another section, uh, dare I say like talent, uh, how do you highlight that? Like how to, um, you know, as an agency owner, when you're looking to it, right, this is a weird, this is a weird area, right? Because, you know, legally, are you going to get in trouble if you gender bias, but yet we're, we're also encouraged to have a more diverse workplace and here, like I, I can tell you right now, like in our local area here, like if to, to hire and, and to have a more diverse, you know, team, it's, it's difficult. I think the challenge there, and, and I don't want to get too far off topic, but I think it's very relevant for people to understand is like you, you, you definitely are who you surround yourself with, but you're also, you're also, um, uh, kind of comprised or made up of of who's within your community. And at some point, if, if your community isn't diverse, then you need to, you need to start to look elsewhere. So how do you, how do you help navigate that when you have companies um, maybe like black truck that are saying like, Hey, I, I definitely, I, I see this need and I definitely want to be more representative of a diverse population in the industry. Like not necessarily my community in my area, for instance, right? Like as, as an industry as a whole, we should be right. So how do we, how do I go about that as well? Yeah. So we, we have a, we have a jobs channel in our Slack group. That's got a little bit over 3000 people on it. And um, I have a lot of companies reaching out to me all the time, asking to share their job ads on, on the group. Um, so, uh, something new I started doing a few months ago was, um, I, I do not share any job ads unless they have a salary range. Um, and I know this is a little bit controversial, but I think it's extremely important. If 
for openness, transparency, and for fairness. Um, I feel like there are far too many job roles out there that do not have salary ranges. And what ends up happening is that, you know, people might be paid unfairly or employees and employers might both end up wasting their time because you go through the whole interview cycle and then you realize actually this is not within the line of what I had in mind. And ever since I put that in place, um, it amazes me that absolutely everyone who has been sharing jobs on the channel from the rest of the community have put so much effort in ensuring that they get the salary ranges as well. So we've had a lot of people who, for example, someone in their company is hiring. And so they go back and they say, okay, I can share on Women in Tech SEO and it's going to get in front of the eyes of a little bit over 3000 women, but you need to share with me a salary range or else I'm not going to be able to share it. And it's just made, and not just knowing what the, that specific job salary range is, but I think it made a lot of people realize within their specific roles, are they being underpaid or not? So, yeah. Because you start thinking like, oh, you know, I'm an SEO manager. I'm also in London. How come that role is being advertised for, I don't know, 20% more than what I'm on? Um, and so it just started really important conversations. But, but back to your like initial question, we do have a jobs channel and we do have tons of companies reach out and, and all of our, of our members are more than just today. I think we had a little bit over 10 jobs already get posted on there. So it's super, super busy. Um, yeah. And everyone is more than welcome to share job postings on it. That's fantastic. And I like your, your kind of stipulation there. I think is good. You know, you need to provide a salary range. Um, is, have you or your team done any of the research to understand, you know, kind of the, the discrepancies in, in pay scales and, and wages and things like that? I mean, I, I think we know certainly nationally here in the States, we know it's, it's, there's definitely some issues, uh, depending on the industry, depending on the company. Um, but within, like the SEO community or digital marketing community, have you have what have you seen? Yeah, so within the UK, we have um, there's a company called Clockwork Talent, and they've recently just recently done a, a really good piece of research around salary gap and um, and pay gap. Um, and I think I remember it was also Nicole who did a really good piece on Moz. Must be a year ago now, specifically around that as well. I, I can I can dig out the the, the link. Um, so yeah, there's definitely been, and usually whenever these types of research are being conducted, the survey gets shared on the community. And so you get tons of people um, who kind of uh, fill it out and share it. And I know it's very, very specific on a location by location basis. Um, but yeah, those, those are the two that, that come to mind. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to definitely, uh, we'll exchange some notes on that and we'll make sure in the, in the show notes of the podcast, we link to that as well. I do, I think I do recall the Moz, uh, the Moz yep. piece that went out last year within the last year anyways. So that, that I think is always good too. You know, it's, it's always the, there's one thing when you're interviewing for a job, you know, to be educated and whatnot, but, but then there's a difference. Uh, I think there's another layer there that again, as a, as a male, I don't, I don't think about, and that's, um, I'm not going to say that's not right of me. It's just, it's clearly not on my radar. Right. And it should yep. be. So I think that's important. Yeah, man. Awesome. So in your, in your years of, of SEO, let's, let's switch completely. So, so definitely, you know, I'm, I'm very much on board with women in tech SEO and, and what your group is doing and what you, what you stand for. And, and I, I like to know that we're, you know, helping and supporting those initiatives. What are some of your like predictions 
on the future of search, like in general, like where, where is your mind going? Right. Like we're, everybody's still reeling in, uh, oh my gosh, core algorithm updates and who's freaking out. Who's not. I mean, we can, everybody can go to Twitter and freak out and read about that, but like, where does your mind go? Um, like what, what, what's on your radar for the future of search? Yeah, definitely no question. Um, I think in, <laughs> in, you know, in general, everything is going towards the direction of, you know, a user first experience. Um, and yeah, sure, core algorithm updates are definitely worth freaking out about here and there. Uh, but it does feel like if we are prioritizing, you know, building a site for user first, uh, then, then we are on the right track, as opposed to spending most of our time trying to you know, fix all of these tiny bits and pieces that are could potentially or could not potentially be a ranking factor. I feel rather one one example that comes to mind always, and I always talk about this, is accessibility. I think with accessibility, because it hasn't been called out as a ranking factor, though um, I, I honestly think it's gonna give it a few more years and they will go out and say it is a ranking factor. It's one that is so easily ignored, even though it's such a, you know, it's such a problem from a user perspective to not have a fully accessible website and the lack of things like accessibility audits that are conducted, you know, the amount of agencies or the amount of in-house folks who don't even bother focusing on, you know, how accessible is our website and uh, um, are we optimizing images, are we optimizing video and so forth, just because it's not on our radar as something that might potentially impact us when the next core update comes out. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of where it's going, I think the more the more we continue focusing on, you know, a user first experience and writing content for users and um, tagging up the websites as much as we can and making it as helpful as possible to users, then we're probably on the right track going through a, like a navigation overhaul at the moment. And, you know, sure, there's there's a lot of technicalities to bear in mind when it comes to, um, you know, indexability and internal linking and so forth. But then you kind of, you can't help but stop for a second and think, you know, how helpful or useful could this be for a user? Bearing in mind, I don't know, 60, 70% are probably visiting your site on mobile. We talk so much about mobile first, but then we focus so much on the technicality behind it, but we don't actually think, you know, what's that experience like for a user and so forth. So yeah, yeah that's probably what, I, what I'd say. No, I think, I, I think that's really good. And it's good, it's good to hear, I think it's very easy for quite a few of us to think about that we've always focused on the, the user or the human side. But really, when you look at the core of it, a lot of people have not. Um, I've I've kind of I've kind of laughed at that a little bit lately when I'm like, really? So so what we need to do is what we probably should have everyone done all along. Exactly. And that's focus on the yeah. person that's actually searching. Like, did, did yeah. we not did we not listen to Google and, yeah. and them trying to tell us things or or what? But I, I think you're I think you're correct on that. And the accessibility thing is is very much an interesting um concept i want to be clear too when you talk about accessibility you're not talking about being like ada compliant like we would like we often think of here in in the us but you're talking about accessibility just across um you know device types across yes. different readers across i mean uh, pretty much everything right Okay. Yeah. And I think that's exactly, you know, you, you have a certain uh, legal term that comes out or a certain certification that needs to be taken in mind. And then it's like, okay, okay, we're going to have to prioritize this because legally we need to do this, but we never try to actually attempt to do anything that's, uh, you know, a, a step above that. It's like, okay, we need that criteria. That's it done marked, but does it actually meet the criteria in terms of, you know, usability and so forth? It, it's not usually then something that we would prioritize. 
Yeah, definitely. How do you feel about like, uh, how does, you know, logical content flow play into that too, right? How do you, what's your, what's your take on that? I mean, is that, is that something that's on, on that checklist, if you will, of, of accessibility? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I think that's exactly, you know, talking about checklists, we, we rarely ever even have a checklist around that. And it's not something that a lot of folks tend to talk about, and it, it doesn't tend to be in your, you know, typical type of conference talks and so forth. Dealing with international markets as well, even from an accessible way, it's very, very easy for us to not hire resources within those specific languages or cultures or so forth and prioritize that there's always this idea of, you know, what, what, is, what, what is the easy way to get that done and to get that checked? Uh, but yeah, it, it doesn't tend to go to, to another step or any additional points that tend to be added to it. Yeah, no, that's a really, I think that's a really valid point. The valid point there is, is sometimes it's just buy-in, right? Um, I heard, um, you know, Ross, Ross Simmons gave a good, good talk the other, uh, the other week I attended uh, a virtual conference where, and I love hearing Ross speak as well. Yeah, he's great. Um, just, just talking about different content types, but, but more that kind of risk and reward. So what's, what's the brand or client's risk tolerance and, yep. and the reward and, and, you know, much like investments, I think is how yes. he was pitching it, but accessibility, you almost, I, I think can go at it the same way as like the, the legality side makes it a real, very, very serious thing. And you can get big corporations then to go, Oh my gosh, we have to do something about it. But then when you get into those like mid, even, even large size companies getting getting folks to understand that accessibility is a real thing and getting them to uh getting that buy-in i, I think can be a challenge and yep. and and then probably until it becomes a ranking factor exactly. like officially yep. it's it's going to continue to be you know cause individuals like yourself and and us um problems as much as we want to do it and want to be forward focused on that human-centered side on that user-centered side um, it's, it's going to cause problems of, of trying to navigate that. So, yeah. Do you have any suggestions on how to go about that? Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, you, you, you struggle to even get buy-in sometimes for yeah. foundational technical problems where you're going to need engineer resource, or you're going to need more team members to be able to analyze or audit these things. And it, it, it's, it's always going to be one of the things that makes SEO very challenging, but but very interesting at the same time, it's this idea around, you know, how do we get buy-in around things that are not easy to forecast or predict or translate in, you know, business KPIs. And we're able to do that at some points. And of course, a lot of it tends to be estimated. Um, but yeah, definitely with, with pointers like that, it, it does make it tricky to get, to get signed off for whether it's budget or resource or so forth. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think uh, it's a lot of it is uh, subjective, uh, depending on what it is. And I often kind of relate ourselves to I'll, I'll, my team is, is kind of used to me calling us a, uh, a psychologist of the web to some to some degree, right? Like not not everything can be quantifiable, right? Some some things you just need to do because it's the right thing to do from a user perspective or a human perspective. And uh, those are often the most challenging uh, to your, to your point. So yeah. awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the redirect uh, for sharing more about women in tech SEO um, and, uh, and, and helping, you know, helping me, helping listeners kind of better understand the, the, the challenges that are out there, but also I, I think to the opportunities, the opportunities, both, for women that, that your group has definitely 
kind of busted, busted the door wide open on and, and really drawn awareness to, I think is really, really good. And we need to celebrate that. And I thank you for doing that. And, and also as a, as a business owner, as a, as an agency leader, kind of opening my mind up more and more the last couple of years, um, to a lot of different concepts, to a lot of different challenges that, that, you know, weren't 100% on my radar, like they should have been. So, um, thank you so much for doing yeah, that. Thanks for having me. Thanks so yeah, much. Absolutely. And so where, where can everyone find out more about women in tech SEO and we'll, and we'll wrap. Yeah. So we're, we're on women in tech SEO.com and you, you'll find, um, like always to kind of join both Facebook and Slack group. And then you'll find all of our different initiatives, including our newsletter and our workshops and podcasts and interviews. So definitely check us out women in tech SEO.com and you'll find out how to kind of connect with us on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Arish. Yeah, I appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. This has been the Redirect Podcast. Check out the show notes at blacktruckmedia.com and add us on iTunes and Stitcher.